Hey, welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you have sent us your Son, Jesus, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world, and that through your Spirit, he comes alive in us. And I thank you, Lord, for the gift of your presence, Jesus, in the church, you who are the Good Shepherd. You give us shepherds. And we thank you, Lord, for providing us shepherds. We do pray today for all of our bishops, the bishops of all of those dioceses that um, that you come from, our dear listeners. And so we pray for all of our bishops, Lord, for their health, happiness, holiness, and for the courage for them to lead us well. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as I said today, I have the wonderful privilege and the blessing of having on one of our bishops. And so let's dive right into that interview right now. Well, I want to welcome to the program His Excellency Bishop Joseph Tyson. He is the ordinary of the Diocese of Yakima in Washington. Welcome, Your Excellency. Uh, well, as I might have mentioned to you before, I may be Excellency, but you're excellent. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let Carrie in on the secret. I, you know, and it's it's an awesome thing when it's it's recognized from the outside. It's not always recognized from the inside. There you uh, go. There you go. Bishop Tyson, I'm I'm reading a book right now. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Why Must I Suffer? How's that for a Christmas present, huh? Why Must I Suffer? It's um it's brilliant. The book is absolutely brilliant. It's uh, the subtitle is A Book of Light and Consolation, where this Father Remler, R-E-M-L-E-R, it's, it was written in the 1930s, gives 15 reasons why we suffer and offers, um, through these insights that are drawn from our faith, light and consolation. Because right? if we can understand more fully, if we can get some light shining upon our life circumstances and situation, we can find that to be very consoling. And uh, I, I don't know, I just, I, I bring that up at the beginning because you mentioned excellence and excellency and, and all of this. And, uh, and I know it, it, it's, it's fun. And uh, in, in, I, I always enjoy our interviews. I really do. We've done these now for, I don't know, 18 years. Um, <laughs> and I always enjoy them. Uh, and you know what that means is we're both getting old, Bishop. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm just reading N.T. Wright's book on um, suffering right now, too. Uh, he's not with us on everything, but he's an Anglican theologian, just excellent uh, writer as well. It's a rich topic mm -hmm. um, because that's just, yeah, in some ways it gets into um, the witness of preparers. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, and and this is kind of what I was thinking about here when you mentioned it. Um, like you, and here's the here's the link. You mentioned, oh, Tom, there's excellence inside of you, and I'm like, oh, I don't always feel that because of the of the suffering. Sometimes the suffering that we undergo, which can happen at many levels, um, what does it do? It can obscure the the deeper truths that are part of our lives and. What the Lord does is the Lord intends to um, use his people to bring light and consolation to those who are suffering. And it seems that prepares would be a wonderful uh, example of doing exactly that. Absolutely. And not only on the personal level. I mean, obviously, you know, perhaps better than I do, 
it prepares us really about walking the journey. Pope Francis' key phrase, accompaniment. I mean, we were we had been talking about accompaniment even before, um, you know, um, you know, before this became um, so popular nationally. People need accompaniment in their dark times, and casting not only individually. It's not only about the. It's it's about us, you know. It's about all of us walking with each other in dark times and sharing the joy of the gospel. Prepares is fundamentally a positive proposition about the great gift of children. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, Tom, because you're the Uber dad, right? Um, and Carrie's even more Uber Uber mom. I mean, when I when sometimes when my seminarians are in trouble, I'll I'll say you're the best. And then I walk up to them and I say, act like it. <laughs> then they know Ooh. they're in trouble. See, then they know they're in trouble, right? But see, this is about bringing out the best in motherhood, in fatherhood, in family life. What we're trying to do is build the best, give the best as a church with prepares. Um, you know, I am keenly aware, and I think we're all very grateful, you know, that uh, it appears there's a pathway, at least on the federal level, for the unborn, you know, to have more legal protection. But as you know, the history here in Washington state, we were the only state to have legalized abortion before RV Wade by popular ballot. So we want something that's positive and uplifting um, and, and a joyous witness to family life, to the joy of children, uh, this isn't going to be solved only on a political or judicial level. We have to put that positive proposal out, and that's prepares. That is prepares. It's parishioners working with with moms in need, dads when we can work with them, extended families, and that that's that's the big message. And that gets to the open your hearts campaign that we have each February across the state. You know, I'm amazed and heartened. I mean, this is a sidebar, Tom, but I'm amazed and heartened how many non-Catholics are responsive to this. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at even our artwork, kind of the the message that not is not not only for the folks in the pews, but we want to reach the world. We want to reach the community with this positive proposal for the gift of life. Yeah, it's Bishop Tyson with me today on the program and sharing very eloquently, uh, Your Excellency, about the the call of the moment, um, the call of the moment, and hearing it on 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 Catholic radio across the state uh, prepares touches families across the state, and I think that's one of the great gifts that prepares offers is that no matter where you're listening to this program right now, you have the ability to participate to be part of a, a very important work. Uh, we've had the chance um, in previous years to interview each of the directors at the diocesan level of the different prepares um, uh, initiatives happening in the Archdiocese of Seattle and the Diocese of Yakima, your diocese, of course, and the Diocese of Spokane. And yet they're also woven together in a, in a very powerful way. Um, your Excellency, uh, for those who are not as um, sort of finger on the pulse Describe a bit more about what the work of prepares is, who it actually touches, uh, because as people get to hear the story, folks, you're going to be 
you're going to be really amazed. And, and when you go to the website, preparesforlife.org, I'll give the uh, website again in the course of the interview, preparesforlife.org. You're going to hear testimonies and read quotes that will, will, are very moving, frankly. But let's start at the beginning, Bishop Tyson. What is Prepares? Where did it come from? And, and then we'll discover why it's important. Yeah, this is really focused on the woman and how we accompany that woman. And it's really, you know, kind of the backside. I especially see this in Spanish. Uh, Sandro Barros, um, we have monthly Zooms with dozens and dozens of women in Spanish. We do some stuff in English as well. I mean, we're highly Spanish speaking here, as you know. But so we're working not only with women to encourage them to walk the journey of life from that during those first five critical years from the moment of conception onward. But we're also working with women who can accompany them. And um, I would say that that's what is anchoring our ministry in the parish. So um, all of our parishes here in central Washington have some kind of prepares outreach. And um, these are women helping women walk the journey of life, embrace their children reach out to the men in their life and the extended families. How do we walk that journey of life and focus on the joy of the gospel? So this is kind of at the core, walking with women. Well, um, and and I'm going to use a word that is on the website, uh, preparesforlife.org. It's vulnerable, Washington, mothers, fathers, and families, as they're nurturing their children through pregnancy and early childhood up to, through five years of age to say, we're going to commit to walk with you, accompany you was the word you used uh, echoing Pope Francis. Uh, vulner- there, there are so many families right now, so many women who are in vulnerable conditions. And, and Bishop, I think that sometimes we're very comfortable Right, like, oh, my life is so hard. It's so difficult. My kids complain. They don't do their chores. You know, oh, it's it's really cold outside, so we had to shovel again. Those are my problems, right? These are real problems. I mean, come on. When we think about the the families that prepares is serving, we're talking about a whole other level of vulnerability, of exposure to harsh aspects of life. Uh. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I I suppose this is delicate. One of the um, situations I think a lot about, um, the the mom and dad are together, we're we're together, and our preparers volunteer, you know, she went into early labor. This is central Washington. We're spread out. And the nearest hospital's 50 miles away. And so we rushed, I mean, the volunteer, the husband and the mom rushed to the hospital. They were pulled over for speeding. Um, he, he was undocumented and he was deported. She gave birth and they named their child Jesus. And these two women now, are together in this uh, rural Spanish-speaking community, raising their children without their husbands. I mean, wow. the vulnerability is on every level. I don't necessarily want to go down the ski jump of public policy either 
around public health or immigration or whatever. But I'm just saying it doesn't matter the situation. We just need to be in that vulnerability. You know, uh, we need to edit out a lot of the polarizing language going on and really focus on the mom and the child and how do we accompany them and get them through this and, and really walk that journey. I mean, it gets back to your question of how do we allow suffering to be a point of conversion and even of communion with Christ? Yeah. Yeah. Bishop Tyson, I mean, it's like, again, that what you just shared is completely off my radar screen. It is just not, it's not uh, a reality that I will probably ever have to deal with by only by God's mercy, right? Yeah. Uh, what did I do to be born in this country? I did nothing. It was it was God's gift to me. What what did I do to be able to experience the the blessings of having a a home that I grew up in that was that had faith that uh, had a, a an intact family with a mom and a dad married fifty five years, um, and and marrying Carrie similar situations. I mean, like the amount of blessings that just literally come from God's generosity and mercy are a sign of His love for us. Uh, they're to us, but they're not only for us, they're for others as well. And that's what prepares comes in. Well, and, and um, let me, I mean, hopefully I'm not pinching too much on this, but obviously I know, you know, I haven't seen you guys forever in person. Um, you know, it's been too long, Tom, and I haven't seen Carrie for a long time. I've, I've known Carrie and Carrie's family for a long, long time. Just think about the natural family formation. This is what you're touching on. You know, we've been blessed with a natural family formation. And in a certain sense, I like to think of prepares in that context, in that we're trying to provide that formative embracing. I mean, that's why it's Open Your Hearts campaign. You know, when we talk about the statewide collection, we're trying to, you know, through our Zoom trainings with other moms who are walking with our moms, we're trying to almost recreate that kind of uh, informal formation that that we might have enjoyed for years, uh, being being part of a family with you know all the stress points. Um, so, you know, I'd like to position it that way. We're what we're really doing is anchoring our protection of the unborn in the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Yeah, and creating the family environment. So that the family's bigger than just the mom who might be a little alone and isolated, or the, or the, in this case, the mom and the dad who are really vulnerable. Um, how do we recreate this? And I, there's all kinds of public policy questions uh, that are legitimate, legal questions, political questions. I, I get all that, but we're trying to go that, dare I say, deeper level of really being a family for the families. Mm-hmm. And when there isn't the family, we want to be family for them. Well, and you, you're. I love using the phrase "family" again here because this is what we're. This is what really what it's all about. And the gift that we've been given, we're called to share. Uh, Bishop, do you know how many families were served last year by prepares? I've got the number. I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, I, I don't dare guess. Okay. Um, so I've not seen the the latest numbers, but it it is substantial. Twelve thousand two hundred and thirty one. Families, not individuals, 12,231 families were served. 
Yeah. And that is uh, that that was involved involving over 500 volunteers in over 158 parishes across the state. That is shocking. And do you know how much money they generated through all the services they provided? Right? No, these services are free. So right. you have free services serving over 12,000 families across the state involving over 525 volunteers and 158 parishes. Frankly, that's just stunning. It is. I mean, it gets back, it's a little bit abstract, but, you know, Pope Francis talks about an integral human development. Well, that's what this means on the ground. Not only how are we stopping an abortion, there's more to stopping, more to saving a baby than stopping abortion. How we how are we providing emotional support how are we providing parenting services? You know, um, we do a lot of kaleidoscope play and learn through our charity agencies. How do we reach out to the dads? Uh, Spokane has done an excellent job in that area. Um, yeah, yeah, that that whole uh, wraparound from Catholic charities and from our parishes to really, you know, touch the poverty, the medical need, the social need, the parent need, need that accompaniment you know, for those critical first five years. Yeah, that's yeah, it's so powerful. And and you know who else? Like when I I've had a chance to talk to a number of folks involved in prepares. And um one of the things that comes back again and again is yes, it's so beautiful that that we get to serve these families. Yes, it's a wonderful thing that we get to be a blessing to these families. But you know what? And then what's the rest of the line here, Bishop? Doing this work is more of a blessing to me than it is to the women that I'm serving. Yeah, Do you hear that story? That's what I hear over and over again. I had the privilege, again, we're about 75% Hispanic and most of our folks go to mass in Spanish. So we do things in English, but uh, most of what we're doing is in Spanish, just because of the nature of the diocese. I had the privilege of being on a retreat with our Spanish-speaking volunteers. And then I'd been on Zooms this year through COVID, and then now as well. That's what strikes me the most. I think we're changing attitudes more by working with, with the volunteers than with the moms, because it's like a pebble in a pond. You drop that pebble and it ripples out. The thought that what's powerful about prepares is the ripple effect. We are, I we are changing minds and hearts on the gift of the unborn precisely because we're touching the lives of the volunteers and their 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 lives are changed and they touch other people and we're going around the polarization in order to, you know, uplift the gift of life and to place that mom, to give her full free choice in embracing that child. That's what I find so inspiring and powerful. And then hearing women talk about how their lives are changed working with our, our vulnerable women. It's just phenomenal. Preparesforlife.org is the website, folks. Prepares, P-R-E-P-A-R-E-S, for F-O-R, life, L-I-F-E, dot org. Prepares for life.org is going to give you the full range of what they're offering across the state of Washington with the support of the four bishops here, the bishops in the state of Washington, uh, Bishop five, now. five bishops, sorry, 
Gotta, we yeah. got to update that website. I said yeah. four, and I'm like, wait a minute. I think yeah. I've been seeing someone. Bishop Schuster's on Yeah, board. that's right. Bishop yeah. Schuster, he do you want to leave him yeah. behind. So yeah, shove some work <laughs> onto him now. Yes, that's yeah. good. So, yeah. but with their support and encouragement, this initiative not only began, but grew and has grown tremendously in the last eight now going on nine years and um, having an incredible impact. Uh, Bishop, one story. Uh, as you know, I, for a couple of years, was coming out to Yakima uh, on a weekly basis, helping um, a treatment center there that was offering a variety of services to um, to women and men, and sometimes to mothers with their young children as well. And they were looking to solve some problems that the most vulnerable were facing regarding treatment. And that was literally being able to access the internet so that they could have meetings with counselors and therapists. Mm -hmm. And they came out to Spokane and I said, oh, you've got to meet with prepares. And they called me afterwards and they said they were blown away by what prepares was willing to do and was already doing to literally drive out into these rural areas where these vulnerable moms had no ability. They didn't have a car. They didn't have the ability. They didn't have uh, babysitting support to be able to, um, or or internet connection, uh, like a device to connect to the internet or internet ability. And they said, prepares was like, we got that. We will meet them. We will drive them to a place where they can have their meeting. We'll provide the support they need in their family situation so that they can attend that appointment and they can walk a path towards health. And they're like, oh my goodness, we just have not found another agency like this in the state of Washington who was willing to provide that kind of boots on the ground service to the most vulnerable. Yeah, Tom, I mean, one of the strong pieces here, and I know here at one uh, FM, where in Yakima, the Moxie is in our, our broadcast footprint. Now, this is in Spanish. But just to kind of underscore this, the baptism prep group in Spanish is a group of women that do baptism prep. They're also prepares volunteers. So it isn't that prepares is separate. It's that a lot of times what we're doing, you know, through our prepares team is working with parish groups that are already on the ground, boots on the ground, as you said, already having contact with, with parishioners and with moms and making sure that there's this layer of knowledge and information so that, that they can pivot immediately and reach out to a, a, a vulnerable mom. Um, that was a really interesting idea, a really smart idea on the part of that pastor. But so some of our people, they're already doing other things in the parish. So prepares is almost, um, yeah, we have really specific prepares training, but a lot of our volunteers are involved in other aspects of the parish and more importantly, the local community life, the public school system, um, you know, uh, civic affairs. So again, we're kind of going around the political debates and really touching into the roots of the community in order to, you know, really uh, protect the lives of the unborn vulnerable and the lives of the moms. Amen. 
That's Bishop uh, Joe Tyson. He is the ordinary of the Diocese of Yakima. Joining me today, talking about prepares, preparesforlife.org is the website. And on that website, you'll see an opportunity for giving. And that opportunity is connected to an appeal that will typically happen in, in some parts of the state, sometimes in the entire state around Valentine's Day. Um, sometimes it's offered a little bit later around Mother's Day. But I'm um, talking with Bishop Tyson now. I encourage you to go to your diocesan office, the particular prepares office, where you'll see an opportunity to respond to this appeal around Valentine's Day. And and I love that. I think that's a very fitting time. Valentine's Day is connected to love and love connected to family. And uh, I think that's a beautiful thought. Uh, What what would happen, um, Bishop, when folks go to the website and they um, make a donation um, what happens to that money? What what what's the blessing and benefit that comes from folks listening here who say, "I want in." How do I get to be part a part of prepares? Well, in a nutshell, that money really supports um, the training of our volunteers. That would be the quickest answer. Um, you know, we do have a professional staff statewide. I can't remember the number. It's by zone and by language. Um, I want to say five or six statewide. Um, and there's a couple of vacancies right now, but they are they are almost trained the trainers. And then we have one person, uh, Sandra in Wenatchee, Sandra Barros, who's both in English and Spanish, but she's just the dynamo behind a lot of the ongoing formation and nurturing of our prepare volunteers on a monthly basis with you know, mainly we throw everybody into a Zoom. Um, you know, we do things in person when we can, but our volunteers are all over the state. And so she's doing statewide stuff. And a, bit, a lot of times I jump in as the moderator bishop for prepares uh, into those events. So that's what it's supporting. It's supporting the website. It's supporting the the training of our volunteers. It's exporting. And then what we're also doing this year um, I haven't seen all the paperwork on it. You know, as you mentioned, we have, you know, about 150, 160 parishes um, statewide, which I would say is about half the parishes in the state. Now, I'm very blessed in Yakima. We have a lot of Catholics, but we don't have a lot of parishes. And pretty much um, we've got a pretty good saturation in the Diocese of Yakima. But what we're also trying to do with the money this time is really provide some grants to parishes that don't have prepares yet to kind of incentivize our expansion into those parishes where we yet haven't yet reached uh, out and just don't have a prepares volunteer coordinating that parish. So that's, that's a kind of a new initiative that we're going to be doing um, this year. Yeah, and when you think about it, um, when the parish can become the hub, if you will, um, volunteers that are are working and serving are going to help connect these vulnerable families, these moms who are pregnant or who are parenting young children, to not only get their basic needs met, whether it's clothing and diapers and other basic needs and resources, but they also will provide parents support groups where these parents can learn how to enhance their skills and have a supportive environment in which to do that. But then also very practical things that I I think that often go underappreciated or unnoticed, like play groups. 
like one of the things that, you know, moms who are really struggling to keep it together and just dealing with like a lot of stuff is where can I find a safe place for my kids to play with other kids? Well, play groups is a way that prepares also provides that kind of ongoing and, and rich accompaniment. And then lastly, family companions, you talk about training. One of the areas of training that prepares provides is for family companions that walk with families at, at their place of need. Um, and so what what does this person need? Well, maybe you just need a break. And so uh, let me watch your baby and, and you can just t- take a little, take a breather or get some lunch, or maybe you just need someone to talk to and cry with and uh, or or laugh with, right? So these are all things that all of a sudden a parish, a community of faith now has a, a face and a name. Uh, on the website, one of the ways that these families were talking about their particular family companion is they referred to her as their, as their family angel. Uh, and I just love that. Isn't that powerful? Oh, that's exactly it, Tom. And a lot of times when I'm describing this, uh, what happens to the donor dollars, you know, we have a, a kind of a triangle or a pyramid and prepares touches at various points. So when you're talking about 12,000 reached, a lot of those are folks we've touched through our prepares welcome bags. Um, a shout out to the Knights of Columbus who have been so good uh, just with diaper drives and bottle drives and whatnot in our parishes. So we we have a kind of a doorway through kind of a welcome bag. And then it can move up to the scale in terms of some parenting support, whether it's play groups for the kids or play and learn coaching for the parents. Then you, at the top is what you're talking about, is that family command, com, companion. We've got somewhere, I don't have that number in front of me. I want to say it's somewhere between 75 and 110 highly trained women who are kind of the one stop for that mom and really accompany. We don't always, we're not always able to walk the entire five years. I had a situation here in Yakima where I, uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, due to sacramental care, was able to reach out to the woman. She ended up moving to California where she had extended family. So, you know, we're, we walk as long as we can, but that family companion, you know, la, la compañera familiar, you know, really kind of walks that journey up to those five years and they become friends. One of our coordinators, um, actually a couple of our coordinators started out that way that they just befriended somebody as a volunteer and have ended up, you know, coordinating because they, they've, they've lived the preparers event. But so, so it's on different levels that we're touching and we touch as far as we can go and as deep as we can go, depending on the woman and the situation. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, um, you, you can't do every good thing, right? Archbishop Murphy used to say that you can't yeah. do every good thing and prepares, is uh, is not going to be able to do everything, but they do provide just important bridges of connection for for families, for women that are in vulnerable circumstances and situations, and their young children, their uh, birth to up to five years old, these little ones that right. um, in those crucial stages to be able to be surrounded by a sense of you're, you're not alone is again it we've been we who have been given so much how can we not support 
an effort like prepares. And oh, by the way, something I didn't mention, uh, Bishop, that uh, of the of the dollars that are given, if say you gave a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars of that hundred dollars goes directly to service. There is none of the administrative costs and all of that. All of that has been underwritten by the Knights of Columbus, which is just amazing. I love that. Yeah. The Knights of Columbus have paid the technical pieces for this campaign. So that you're absolutely right. Every dollar is going to go great straight into the training and support of our, our volunteers statewide, as well as those new initiatives, those parts of the state where we have not yet reached. When we started prepares, we wanted to make sure that any woman, anywhere, any part of the state, English, Spanish, rural, urban, has someone within 30 miles. That that was kind of a benchmark we set up very early on. And that's what we're trying, why we're trying to uplift new initiatives. Uh, because the, the other piece of it is the parish is key. Because those are where our parishioners are, those are where the volunteers are. And those prisoners, MISA, they're sent in mission, they're sent out into the world. And we want preparers to be touching outside the parish. And that's where, you know, this is really a parish focus in terms of parish mission out to the community. I love that. That's Bishop uh, Joseph Tyson again. He is the uh, ordinary of the Diocese of Yakima here talking with me today about prepares. Uh, prepares is an initiative that is close to his heart. And uh, Bishop, you've been an amazing supporter and advocate for Prepares um, when you were uh, in the Archdiocese of Seattle, being someone who helped to uh, get it launched and then helping to continue to grow and advance it in in Yakima is a beautiful and amazing thing. No, thank you. I think it started right after I got to Yakima. Oh, okay. So yeah, right around, I was wondering, it was right around that time. I kind of went to Archbishop Sarton with this idea and I was talking to the Knights of Columbus. um, And uh, so, but it certainly was percolating when I was auxiliary bishop in Seattle. Certainly that's true, Tom. Well, Uh, Bishop, you know. Conversations about the need. Well, and and that's I think that's one of the the gifts God's given you is a sense of mission to those who are vulnerable in the community. Um, you uh, would always smile as you told stories about my father-in-law, Larry De Lorenzo, uh, and his work in the Vincent de Paul Society, where is which is I think one of the connecting points you had with Kerry's family. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've told this story before. I suppose it's worth repeating. I mean, years ago, uh, when I was in college, I was a, a volunteer at the St. Vincent de Paul Society, and I actually was on the the board for the St. Vincent de Paul Society. I was I was just a young buck in my twenties, and everybody was was older than I was. Um, and John Peluso, God rest his soul, uh, he was the second lay employee in the church. Um, he started there in 1946. So I knew him towards the end of his life. And I would come down and help out. I was doing, um, working in campus ministry as a lay man. It was before I even went to seminary. And I would call out to the referrals. We'd have people calling in. And I I called your father-in-law, Larry, with a, a referral. I, I Somebody answered the phone, one of the dozen De Lorenzo's. I left the message, nothing happened. I called back, left it with another, nothing happened. So finally, I, I got a hold of Larry. And Larry's like, 
Don't ever leave a message with my kids. They never write it down. They never give me a message. I mean, that was my introduction to Larry DiLorenzo. I kind of got, you know, a tongue lashing for leaving messages with the kids about people in need. But of course, you know, Larry was just a, a giant in the St. Vincent de Paul Society and a giant reaching out to folks in need there in uh, Southwest Seattle. Yeah. Well, and so, and I know that we have a uh, a mutual uh, connection as well with Patrick DiLorenzo, and it was through him that I got to meet Kerry. And one of the things that was very distinctive about the DiLorenzo family was they, uh, when we would talk about where do you encounter Christ in a converting manner? Like, where is the conversion point, the awakening of faith point for someone in the life of faith? And I would point them like inwards to things like prayer, adoration, scripture reading, things like that. And I can remember how like strongly there was a sense of saying, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Christ is met out on the streets. Christ is met at the place where the poor are. You need to go encounter Christ and you'll experience conversion out there at the place where the church meets the world in its brokenness. And I can remember how striking that was to me because, you know, here I am, I'm kind of this traditional Catholic guy and I'm like, let's pray our rosary, read the scriptures and go to adoration and mass. And they're like, no, 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 no. Let's go to operation night watch. Let's get out on the streets. Let's go hang around with the broken and um, go to nursing homes and welcome in the foster kids and, and and that's where things were at. And so it was it was a whole way of seeing the life of faith that came from that family. Exactly. And it's both. And it's both. Exactly. I mean, this is a bit of a parking lot story. And, you know, don't know if it really completely fits. But when I first met the seminarians for the Diocese of Yakima, I was going down with Father Felipe Polito, who's now my vicar for clergy. And we got to talking about central Washington. And as you know, I, I, I was baptized in the cathedral where I'm bishop. So I'm originally from here. Anyway, he's talking about picking fruit in the fields and whatnot. And what are the seminaries going to do this summer? And we hit on the idea that they're going to pick fruit. So I show up, they're meeting their new bishop for the first time. They want to know their summer assignments. And I say, well, we're going to pick fruit. And they're like, say so what? We're going to pick fruit. And one of the somebody said, I hope there's going to be, I was hoping there'd be more emphasis on adoration from the Blessed Sacrament. I said, oh, there will, after we pick fruit. And then Father Felipe said this, and it really struck me. He said, you know, I, I've i been pastor at St. Joseph in Yakima just, you know, for a short time at that point. He's now at St. Joseph in Kennewick. And um, after the arson fire, that uh, burned St. Joseph Yakima down. We used to have the custom of keeping the doors open, but after the fire, we locked the doors at night. But when the people get off their shift, packing fruit, they, they wanna visit the Blessed Sacrament. And if, if the doors are locked, they just kneel on the steps at night. I look at their faith and I wonder, does mine measure up? That's when I knew I had the right person in charge of seminaries. It's both. Hmm. You know, we want to encounter 
Yes, Tom, you know, I'll do a circumference check on your rosary beads. They should be about the size of grains of salt with your wife on you, right? Because uh, Carrie's the best. But, but, but we also want to be encountering Christ in the lives of the women we serve at prepares mm -hmm. and in the lives of the, the folks we encounter in our migrant ministry. And, um, you know, we were out pretty late uh, Friday before Christmas Eve, just um, we had about 300 extra tamales out on the streets of Yakima. We want to get out and encounter Christ there because one it feeds the other. You know, when we're in prayer and adoration, we're bringing those people with us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when we leave adoration, we're seeing Christ in them. It's one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that, Bishop Tyson. Uh, uh, that's beautiful. Uh, what you're just sharing there is... Uh, I think St. John Paul II, he talks about communion has a dynamic drive out into mission. And when you go forth into mission, you have this magnetic draw back into communion and you can't do one without the other, right? So exactly. And, and it's it's not always easy um, for families to figure that out, right? Like how to do that. I um, Again, I've been blessed with Carrie, who is a bit of a thorn um, when it comes to we got to get our kids. Good. <laughs> but I mean, she's like, where are our kids serving? Where are they serving? What are they doing? Where are they? Get them out under the bridge and helping them there, getting them out. And in the last couple of years, frankly, it's been difficult, more difficult with, with COVID restrictions to find the easy opportunities in ministries to come into relationship with the poor. So yeah, it's more than just an action. Mm -hmm but it's coming into relationship with the poor, that that's what Carrie really values uh, as part of our, our, our witness to Christ. Um, but also it's like, how are the kids going to grow up in faith if all they're doing is living in a protective bubble of what is warm and comfortable and easy and satisfying and oh, by the way, oh yeah, we're going to church and living a Catholic life. But wait a minute, if we're missing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, then there's something critical that's really missing there. And I think prepares is a wonderful, again, one of the pieces of, of the puzzle that I think families can lean on to say, here's a way for you and your family to come close to families who are in more broken circumstances, just to be able to appreciate um not only the gifts you've been given, but the call that you have and the blessing that will come to you by extending yourself. Yeah, precisely. And I mean, to hit this back home, in a certain sense, some of the vulnerability, not all, but some of the vulnerability we encounter in prepares are folks that haven't had the, uh, dare I say, Larry DiLorenzo School of Family Formation. You know, <laughs> you, know you, you, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, it sounds like Larry is still rallying around his daughter's head with Carrie. Get out there, you know. And uh, so we're trying to, you know, calibrate not simply the physical need of diapers and and you know, baby formula and perhaps medical care and. Um, and even parenting support, we're trying to make open that path of the kind of the human care, the friendship, because that's really the doorway for them to encounter Christ in us. We're seeing Christ in them. We're wanting to make sure that we can be Christ for them and see Christ in them. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so it's a multi-layered ministry in many ways. And um, I mean, that's that's the beauty of your family and certainly of, you know, the DiLorenzo clan is I got to know them as well. But some of the people we serve, they don't have that thick uh, family formation. I mean, I used to joke with Patrick, you know, when I would go over to the DiLorenzo's, it was like one rolling young adult retreat. You know, that that thickness isn't there for everybody. And it's not there for everybody in our parishes either. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of where, you know, it's converting for the volunteer. They get into a thickness of the family of faith and their parish. It's it's uh, converting oftentimes for those we serve. Um, it's converting for me as a bishop. Um, I think it's it's this, this life of conversion that we're privileged to live and challenge to live um, because we all have Larry DiLorenzo's uh, formation banging around on our heads. Amen. I love that. Bishop Tyson, you've been very generous with time that you've given me today to talk about prepares and Bishop Tyson is here to help rally support we can share in the mission of reaching out to those in need. We share in that mission of justice, of social justice, of being the hands and feet, the face and the light of Christ to those who are in vulnerable, broken, hurting situations. We don't all have the opportunity to go, but by giving, we go. That's a real, that's a refrain that we use quite a bit on Sacred Heart Radio is that not everybody gets to um, give by going. But everyone can go by giving. And so um, when you make a, a pledge of financial support uh, as part of this Valentine's Day appeal, Valentine appeal for prepares, again, it's preparesforlife.org, you're sharing in the mission. And, and that's, for some folks, how it is you'll be part of this. And so I don't want you to think that, you know, that um, giving dollars is somehow a lesser way of sharing in the work of prepares, even though we've been focused a bit on the richness of the variety of ways that uh, volunteers and parishes get involved, uh, the money, if you will, is going to grease the wheels and, and make it possible to help advance and, and grow the work of prepares around the state. Oh, Tom, I thank you for raising all that because we need you, you know, we need you who are listening uh, on Catholic radio across the state and the network of Sacred Heart Radio. We need your prayers. We we certainly welcome your financial gifts. You're part of this. And I'm just keenly aware we just have a lot of people that can't even physically perhaps uh, do some of the work that we are able to do. We're all part of this. Um, and, you know, I'm just grateful for the many uh, listeners who are praying for this, who are providing funds, um, you're preparing the way for our people who encounter uh, our vulnerable women in need. And so I just, Tom, my thanks to you and to Carrie and for the witness of your own family. And um, I'm grateful to Ron Belter, who's behind the scenes, like like the guy at Oz flipping the switches for for Sacred Heart Radio. I'm just grateful for all of you and all your support and just really grateful for all the listeners hearing us today as well. So, many, Well, Bishop many- Tyson, you know, I just uh, I want to end with a couple of fun um, Sacred Heart Radio stories. 
Uh, so Ron's and one of Ron's enduring memories of you and Yakima is a flat tire. So I don't know if you remember that story. <laughs> oh yeah. And and Ron Ron was so enthused um, about the new antenna site. I mean, the backstory, I believe, I found some land. I, I had somebody wanting us to sell them a piece of property on top of a hill. And I'm looking around. I see these callers for the radio stations. I call Monsignor Ecker. Did we ever own a radio station? Oh, yeah. It was the 1960s. It was a money loser. Anyway, we got a new antenna site out of this. I did not sell the land. And we put the new antenna on for the English station, KYTR, that people are listening to now, as well as our Spanish uh, station, KZTR. We go up to the antenna and he's just thrilled to get the antenna up and and it's kind of a basalt road. I, I, over here in eastern Washington, we have volcanic rock. And the road was made of volcanic rock. And some of it was pretty sharp. And I am the one that was listening. And it's, you know, I'm hearing that, you know, I said, Ron, I think your tire has a leak. No, 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 no. Oh, yes. Listen, listen. You know, turn the radio off and listen to your tire, you know, and sure enough, we got down the hill and literally coasted into a, the Les Schwab dealership here in Yakima where he got the tire fixed. And it was a rental car he'd come over on, you know, so we could get up to the antenna site. Yeah. So Ron's looking forward to his next visit to Yakima, I'm sure. Well, and you also have a, a an endearing tradition or custom when he comes over in, in, involving the amazing cuisine of of Yakima. Well, that's his cuisine. He likes going to uh burger ranch so you it's know, pretty famous it, it when we would when we would go there for basketball tournaments it was where do you want to meet up and it was let's go to burger ranch it's big it's like it's, big. it's, it's big. not like a mcdonald's i mean it's big yeah, it's big but let me tell you when my mom and dad were dating out here in yakima we have a place called miners and it's like three generations the minor family that's kind of that's where I need to initiate you all the next time you're in Acuma. That is like that's for the locals. That's for the people in the know. Yeah, it, it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> I I I go there maybe once a year because it's not good for my health, so to speak. But yeah, it's it's bigger than Burger Ranch Miners. I guess we're giving free airtime to a lot of places. I, I I should find out if these people have envelope numbers, right? <laughs> Potential donors to preparers. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Well, Ed, uh, let me end with one last comment and let you speak to it. And then we'll ask you for a blessing, um, Your Excellency. Again, I'm talking with Bishop Tyson about prepares, preparesforlife.org, preparesforlife.org, and making an appeal during this upcoming Valentine's Day for you to be considering making a generous gift financially to support prepares. And then to learn more by going to the website about ways to get involved as well for yourself and your family. And it's this. Uh, 2023 feels like it's going to be a year of um, a call or an invitation to extraordinary generosity, extraordinary stewardship. The economy is hard and getting harder. And the ones who seem to be most impacted by that are the ones who are already struggling the most. And so it would seem to me that the mission and ministry of prepares is only going to have um, an increase in families who are in need of the services that prepares is providing. 
And what that means further upstream is those who have been blessed in extraordinary ways. Maybe you were blessed for just such a time as this, just such a time as 2023 with economic challenges abounding. Maybe it's time for us not to build bigger grain bins and to and to protect what we have, but rather to say our good and gracious God, who's so faithful as our provider, he's in asking us to be giving more generous in our giving on behalf of those who are so much more vulnerable in their own economic situations. Oh, Tom, that's excellent. I And I would also note this. I think one of the messages, I mean, we're talking back office here. How do we invite people, those who can give more, to make up for some of our donors who mm-hmm. might not be able to do what they did last year because they're, you know, suffering the... Uh, 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 effects of the economy's downturn. So you're absolutely right. This is a, a, a different kind of year. I'm, I'm, I'm aware that people's assets are not what they were last year. So how can those of us who can make up for those who maybe can't, you know, um, in the and same that way? itself is a blessing too. It's a blessing to be able to give and it's a blessing to give. Yeah. I often say it doesn't matter how much or how little you give. What matters is that we each give in a way that changes our spending habits and our way of life so that we become better at putting Christ first and we become better disciples of Jesus Christ. This ultimately hits back home to our to our spiritual life and our our discipleship with Jesus Christ, who's Amen. already won the victory, you know. I love that. Yeah. Bishop Tyson, would you do me the, uh, do us the kindness and, and uh, uh, the grace of giving us a blessing? Uh, an honor. Uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we ask you to pour forth your blessing upon Tom and Carrie and his family, upon Sacred Heart Radio, among the many generous benefactors of Sacred Heart Radio. We ask you to pour forth your blessing upon our vulnerable women and those that are discerning how to bring a child into the world, expand their choice, expand their freedom, help them become the women and the dads, the men that you intend them to be, and strengthen, prepares in its efforts to support this great ministry of life. May Almighty God bless you all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That's Bishop Joe Tyson, the ordinary of the Diocese of Yakima, joining us today. Very generous in giving your time to us and sharing so beautifully. Thank you, Your Excellency, for that. And again, folks, check out preparesforlife.org. Thank you so much.